When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome back to another kind of funny breakdown to the Disney Plus MCU show Secret Invasion. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and today I'm not joined by Eric Voss because Eric Voss of New Rockstars is headed down to Austin, Texas to go to RTX alongside our very own Joey Noel and Snowbike Mike. So if you are in the Austin area this weekend, go hang out, go see New Rockstars, go see Kind of Funny. It's going to be a great time. Celebrate Rooster Teeth and all of that stuff. But because of that, it left a, a perfectly sized void for my very good friend MT, also from New Rockstars, to join me today. MT, how are you doing? Dude, I am so excited to be able to talk with you guys again. Like, Secret Invasion has been a, an incredible show to me. Like, this show is like, got me gripped at the edge of my seat every episode. And, like, I was literally counting down the hours for Secret Invasion last night. And, and so, like, I'm so excited to talk about it. You're East Coast, right? So, you, you stay up till right. 3 a.m. to watch this thing. Yep. The wee hours of the morning. I talked with the raccoons. I yeah. gathered the raccoons and coyotes, and we all watched Secret Invasion. It's really great. I, I appreciate that, man, because I. I love this stuff. I love staying up to watch things and be excited and all that. I feel like I've been kind of like, I don't want to say beat down. That's a, a little bit uh, too much. But like, I feel like when Mandalorian season one came out, I was like, it's midnight, baby. Let's go. Right. And WandaVision, Loki. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> now that we're like 10 uh, Disney Plus shows in, I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm going to watch these things in the morning. Uh, and it's been a little bit better right. for my, my kind of mental health and everything there. But um, yeah, so Secret Invasion has been a morning show for me. But uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun, man. Um, we're going to talk all about that. Again, this is our spoiler build breakdown of all this. So if you have not seen episode mm -hmm. three of Secret Invasion, please do not watch this yet unless you just don't yes. care and you just want to hear MT's beautiful voice. Um, but of course, you can get the show <laughs> each and every week on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com. You could also search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny screencast and we will be right there for you. We're going to be covering Ahsoka uh, in August when that comes out as well. Really excited about that uh, as well as a couple one-off movies um, that don't have proper in reviews. We'll be covering them on screencast so you're going to want to subscribe wherever best suits your needs uh if you want to go above and beyond though you've got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny just like our patreon producers james hastings casey andrew and nathan lamoth have done thank you all so very much because of your support you get to watch shows ad free you don't need to hear the ads for shady rays i'm gonna tell you about later uh it's a great time for all involved but enough <laughs> about all that mt let's get right into it i haven't had you on the show yet so i kind of want to get your overall thoughts on secret invasion thus far and then specifically what do you think of episode three i think that secret invasion is so good so far like i think that they're throwing us a lot of like misdirection and curveballs that i'm like that are going to be really great to analyze um after all the episodes are like out after we watch season one like this show seems like one of those shows where you have to watch twice to really appreciate like what's going on because some, some really shitty shit going on in the background. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that episode three was an incredible episode in, like, in very, um, what's it called? It set, it, um, 
it left ended on a cliffhanger yeah. and like a huge cliffhanger that very much sets up some really exciting things for Super Scrolls that I cannot wait to get into in the MCU. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be great, <laughs> dude. It, it really is. I mean, yeah, you you talking about the cliffhangers? I think that's actually a great way to to start the conversation here because um, I'm right there with you. Really enjoying the show. This might have been my least favorite of the episode so far, but I still really okay. enjoyed it, and I'm very excited to right. see where it's going. We're halfway through, right? Three episodes left. Where's it building? I feel like they've kind of done a good job of not getting too ambitious with things, but having the scale right. still feel like, I mean, especially with this episode, there's some things going on that are like, yo, this is a very big <laughs> deal. Like if this uh, yeah. sub and like the airstrike, and if this whole thing happens, like that's going to have some real big ramifications for the world. Yeah, that's World of War III, bro. hundred percent. Like we're right there. We're on the cusp <laughs> of it. Um, but uh, I really appreciate when, these shows take themselves a little more seriously. And like, I, I loved Andor so much. And I feel like this right. show is flirting with that a little bit. It's not quite there, but I'm appreciating right. that every episode has that cliffhanger. It has that moment. Episode one of like Maria Hill is dead. And you're like, no, she's not. No way. And then, <laughs> then she it seemingly is like with how episode two starts. Episode two ending. Yo, Nick Fury. This is his wife. She's a scroll. And then there's the question of like, but does he know? Does he know she's a scroll mm. or not? This episode immediately answers that question. I appreciate that type of like relationship with the cliffhanger, but then actually right. answering the question we're asking. So here we are, MT. The end of this episode, Amelia <coughs> Clark dead. Do you believe it? <laughs> I mean, I don't believe it at all. Um, at all. Mostly because like promo material sort of, I don't know, sort of spoils that, but, like, I think that um, but there's a lot of shots of Amelia Clark that we haven't seen yet. Oh, is that the case? Um, I, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, there's, um, from the trailers, like, there's a lot of just, like, Amelia Clark um, activities as Gaia that, like, we haven't seen yet, so, like, I believe that we're looking at an extremist situation and Gaia probably extremist herself up, like, she super scrolled herself up before she left. And so, like, that's, like, the cliffhanger reveal. It's like, oh, she's fine. Yeah. She's just got a bullet. She's going to pop out with uh, Aldrich Killian technology. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone's everyone's <laughs> favorite there. I will say, I'll be a little let down if that's the case. I feel like just, oh, she's a super scroll is a very easy answer uh, to give. And you're right. It is supported. It is set up. And I think that even seeing uh, Gravit kind of use that ability after the most the show is so graphic at points right like, i love it dude it'll just be the most chill kind of like well not chill but like two people just having a conversation back and forth and all of a sudden boom <laughs> just straight up knife through the hand and he pulls it out some it's type like, of hand damage is going to happen a lot of hand damage in the show um but yeah like seeing him kind of use that that extremist it seems ability um was was right. interesting and did did definitely set up like oh she's probably doing it too i'm right like without uh, knowing about the her being another promo material, which like absolutely then shows she will be back somehow. <laughs> I I'm hoping that we get a situation knowing that her looking like Amelia Clark is really just her basing her look off some other human. I hope that we get right. that other human. I hope that we 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 right. see who Gaia's form is actually based off of, and I hope that it's somebody right. um, that could potentially be in the mcu for a while because i i like amelia clark a lot and having her here has been great but i feel like so far her character has probably been my least favorite thing of the show how do you feel about that i think that 
um, like Amelia Clark's character, this is just my wild theory here, but like I feel like they're setting her up to be Abigail Brand, um, specifically because of the extremist stuff um, that they sort of tease at the end of this episode and with uh, Gravik's stabby hand. Um, because um, that's um, Abigail Brand's power set right there. And like, I don't I think know it was who rumored. Abigail Brand is, MT. Can you enlighten them? Oh, yeah. She's, um, she's basically like a huge, like um, a higher up sword operative in the comics. She uh, works on that base overseeing Earth, and she just basically guards Earth from above. Um, and so I think that Gaia is going to eventually become, um, assume the role of Abigail Brand by the end of this episode and like join Fury in that space station that we see in the Marvel's trailer um, and like sort of just like be the new um, second hand that Talos was. Uh, I don't think Talos is going to make it. That's just my wild Oh, oh really? Really? Is... Tell me more about yeah, that. Like, what's... good for that guy. <laughs> yeah, what, what's the, like, how do we get there? What do you, do you think it's Gravik that takes him down? I think that the show is very much setting up um, like this idea that Talos is a very merciful scroll and that he, he, he loves humanity a lot and he loves not killing people more so than he used to as like when he was a scroll general way back in the day. Like that dude used to be a lot more ruthless, it seems, than he um, is now. And so, um, yeah, I, I, just, I just feel like his mercy is going to get himself killed by the end of this episode because he loves humanity. And um, I, I still feel like there's a huge role for Ben Mendelsohn um, as Talos after Secret Invasion because, like, Skrulls were basically setting up Secret Invasion this entire time. Like, ever since Spider-Man Far From Home, um, we were just like, yeah, Secret Invasion is coming. Where, where are the Skrulls? And so, like, after this narrative, I feel like uh, Mendelsohn is going to be like, all right, this was fun. Goodbye. Um, but no, I don't know. That's just theory. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a good theory. Like specifically, when you look at the show uh, through the lens of it being the Nick Fury show, and I feel like the the mm. way that they've kind of like firmly established who Nick Fury is in modern MCU timeline, where this is not the same guy that assembled the Avengers back in the day. This is a guy that not only was blipped, came back and essentially ran away from everybody else and was like, I'm just going to space. And we're seeing the ramifications that had with all the people around him, including his wife. And mm. having the show kind of like systematically take down anybody he thought he had, like he no longer has the Avengers. Uh, we have right. uh, Rhodey kind of like straight up turning on him here. Um, we mm. have Maria Hill, his right hand woman, dead, and now all he has is Talos. So if Talos is is gone, then who does he have? Especially the other big reveal this episode: his wife, dude. His wife is totally on the bad guy's <laughs> side this ain't gonna be good for our boy fury oh man like that's why he asked her at the beginning it's like yo so like did you change like how have things progressed with you since i have been gone like are you on the side of evil and um it would appear that she uh, is trying to meet with gravik but i have a feeling that that gun is uh supposed to be for gravik um because she probably wants to take him out because like mo probably because she loves Fury so much that, like, she doesn't want to lose him again. Uh -huh. So she's just like, you know what? I'm going to take care of this myself. And, um, you know, kill Gravik. So what's your read on that phone call at the end of the episode? Mm, my read is that, um, like, she is 100% trying to set Gravik up to um, kill him. Like, she originally called for Gravik, and then she got Rhodey. And she's like, you got to deal with it. You got to deal with me. 
Um, and so, like, she was sort of, like, bummed out, I think. I think because her expectations were to talk to Gravik. So, like, I just think that um, she is... She really does She really does love Fury, and, like, she's not actually um, Gravik's assistant. I think that she um, has a relationship with Gravik that we see um, established in Episode 2 um, if, in the 90s, and, like, she knows Gravik from, from a young age. So, like, maybe she's trying to use that leverage to try to um either convince him to stop or then shoot that dude um i don't yeah so with that i have two questions Mm. roadie given the phone call is Mm. this confirmation seemingly that he is a scroll and if so has he been a scroll the whole time um i honestly think that roadie has been a scroll for a while like this is just my my wild theory um he's probably been a scroll since after um iron man 3 um which is kind of wild because they do mention that um he he did have this run-in with like a scroll landing like around 15 years in the past and um like a like he mentions to nick fury that he he had a run-in with the scrolls Mm -hmm. so i think maybe around that point the scrolls were like hey you're um, the best friend of the world's greatest weapons manufacturer, and also you're tight with the president. Why would we not take you? Like, we're going to take that as a, as a win because we can just get everything that we want, really. So, so what's um, interesting there like, is talking to, to Voss last week, he presented mm-hmm. the argument that it couldn't have been that long because we see Rhodey get injured the way that he did in Civil War. And right. when we see these scrolls, when they get injured and like just how they get injured seems different and them like reverting back, like they can always retcon whatever they want. It's the MCU and they can figure right. that out. But if, if it was back at Iron Man three, or if it was after civil war or either way, where's the real roadie then? Do you think that he's dead or do you think that he's being kept somewhere within that machine type thing? I think that um, all scrolls ultimately need to keep their host alive if they want to keep up the illusion of being that real person. And um, we sort of see this hinted at in like this last episode when they because they have all these people standing up and like have their minds connected to this machine for to, to get those memories that they need to make the lies convincing. Um, and so I also feel like this opens up a very interesting possibility for uh, Maria Hill still being alive. Um, that I uh, would love to get into later because uh, I think I honestly feel like this whole thing is Talos's wife. I don't think Gravik is actually alive. I think Talos's wife is using her memories of Maria Hill to manipulate everyone. I mean, that feels kind of a wild theory. I, I'm with you. I don't think it's that wild. <laughs> like I, I think that like there's enough evidence here, and the way that uh, Talos's wife just straight up wasn't in this show um, and was right. talked about so much, I think is definitely like a uh, interesting move that. I don't think would uh, be brought up the way that it is unless she's going to be a, a much more major player. Um, unless they're really trying to go the tragic route with Talos every which way. Um, but I do feel like having Talos and Nick Fury, um, this episode in particular, like we've seen it the last couple, but the relationship that they have, I think is so strong. And I love that like they can give each other shit, but I feel like this episode like there's been there was like three or four different times they were in different locations talking to each other and really getting to the core of who each of them are and it's a a side of fury that we've never seen and definitely a side of talos we've never seen but kind of putting those things together of like hey i chose you you know like i choose you fury like i there all these scrolls all this stuff's happening and like something about you and humanity changed me and i feel like 
right. it is such an important thing of like, yo, Fury's not alone. He has this guy. And like to see the way Talos is handling uh, so many of the things being thrown at him, I just think, I mean, first off, Ben Mendelsohn's an incredible actor and it's captivating to watch. 10 out of 10. Um, but just like, I, I really appreciate their dynamic. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. This episode was so good for that dynamic. That bar scene, well, not a bar scene, no, that diner scene. Yeah. Was just so. I, we've never seen Nick Fury just like have to be like, yeah, I need your help, please. Like, I'm begging you. And like, good for Talos for mm-hmm. doing that. Because honestly, like, that conversation in the car of him being like, I've been cleaning up your mess for 30 years. I was like, how dare you, Nicholas? Yeah. How dare you, Nicholas J? These guys have been working for you for 30 years. And. Like, just for free. And, like, you promised them a new planet, and you haven't delivered yet. So, like, I get why, you know, people might be pissed. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I like, like, Talos called him out. Like, that was a really good moment. Yeah, and, oh, my God, the, the graphic scene of uh, Talos being in that museum and uh, mm. talking to, to graphic, and then all of the people turning into him. It was right? like, that was, <laughs> that was scary, man. I know that was in the, the trailers as well, but, like, Seeing right. how it was implemented here, I thought was uh, really cool. And in the background in the, the museum, the exhibit was the Faces of Freedom exhibit. So like, right. there was a bunch of like uh, dioramas and like posters and like activations, like saying the Faces of Freedom around all these people who all turned into the same <laughs> face. And it was like, damn, man. Like th- those are the little things that I feel like this show is kind of like really nailing. Um, whereas right. uh, the the some of the things I feel like it's lacking in right now is kind of like the the big reveals of stuff and i feel like we might be building to that um but did i was not expecting to get a a reference to uh drekov from uh black widow right uh, and i was like, like what the hell is that about yeah what so it's just kind of it's kind of interesting to have like the new york 1998 and then get a, a little bit more of the the 90s nick fury but like later than captain marvel and um seeing like the early days of him and his wife and understanding like oh his wife's been in this and like she's on the like spy side of it as well right yeah like they've been um just doing this whole thing for a while now um and like yeah like it's i just i'm wondering what exactly like the dracoff thing has to do with the overall mcu and why they tease that little tease to begin with because i'm just like he's dead like that asshole was thank god he's dead he's a terrible human being yeah uh, but like what does that have to do with the scrolls like are they connected with the the red room and like their program because like they're all sort of spies uh, so like are we going to have a red room narrative ha- attached to secret invasion i mean that, I I, the <laughs> fact that they're uh tying them together at all i mean it does make sense just from the like the genre of black widow compared to secret invasion like that all makes sense but right. It is, it is an interesting call. I mean, them doing it in the 90s, I do think kind of sets it as like, yo, like, I mean, we saw flashbacks in Black Widow even of like of the 90s of like when uh, right. Nat was like a, a little girl with her. She was with, popping in with, the 90s, man. Exactly. Good time to be a 90s kid. Uh, so uh, maybe not for her. Uh, but yeah, so it's like getting that kind of connections, especially with Secret Invasion being as global of a show as it is um right I, i'm interested i wonder if that was just like a blink and you miss it kind of reference or if they're going to try to tie it in 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 a more real way yeah that'd be super interesting like especially like if potentially and this would be super messed up if gaia and gravik like were like part of the red room program at some point um because of like this connection because like they were kids at that time so like you would have a mindset of a kid so like you'd be a perfect kid spy 
to be in the red room interesting i don't know like some like um, real triple agent shit like you're yeah. a scroll pretending <laughs> to be a spy in the yeah that'd be that would be absolutely wild um we're gonna take a real quick break to get a word from our sponsors but when we get back we're gonna keep talking about secret invasion episode three betrayed here you go take on the sun with gear built to last our friends at shady rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price shady rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've worn durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements if you lose or break a pair even on day one they told us they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Shady Rays Independence Day sale is live right now. You can go to ShadyRays.com and get up to 50% off single pairs of sunglasses. You can try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Again, that's Shady ShadyRays.com. ShadyRays.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back earlier than I expected, everybody. MT, you, you were hey. teasing a little theory about Maria Hill. What is it here? Because, like, look, we got Maria Hill. They made it as clear as possible. She is dead. Um, and, you know, hey, anything can happen, especially when people can look like others and all this. You did bring up a good point about people not being able to do it unless there's a living body there. What's the theory? My theory is, is that Talos's wife is behind all of these shenanigans and that she used Maria Hill's memories of faking Nick Fury's death in Captain America 2 to fake Maria, Maria, Maria Hill, quote-unquote's death in episode one of Secret Invasion. I have a feeling that Maria Hill was not in that episode whatsoever, and that Soren um, has been pretending to be Maria Hill to specifically make Nick Fury suffer a major loss to, and like to make him suffer losing everything, losing the entire planet, because she's pissed that Nick Fury ghosted. And if you like go back to that, like specifically that bar conversation between Maria Hill and um, Nick Fury, um, and if you view that in the eyes of like a very angry Soren who's been promised um, things like, ever since the days of Marvel, like Marvel promised to help her out, left her stranded. Nick Fury promised to help her out, then ghosted. Like I feel like y you can see the rage in that fake Maria Hill and just being like, "Yo, like I hate this dude. He ghosted me." And so I'm going to make him suffer by using my memories of using tetrodotoxin B, which is the, um, the little injection that 
uh, Bruce Banner made to like slow his pulse down to make himself look dead. I think she used that on herself at pretending to be Maria Hill mm. to make Fury believe that her last words were, it was you, you killed me. I want you to suffer with that for the rest of your life because I hate you and like you let all these scrolls die while you ghosted us. Um, and so like that was sort of the intent. And because we know that um, scrolls hold positions of power in the MCU, like it's like leadership positions in different countries, that whole casket that we see in episode two could have just been a show. Like, part oh. of that whole, like, make Nick Fury misery, miserable type of vibe, because, like, um, Maria Hill's mom, who I think is also a scroll, specifically makes a point to try to get Nick Fury to feel bad yeah. about losing her daughter. And so, yeah, no, I just, it feels like, um, especially with this last episode, going into that memory machine and, like, you know, reminding people that, like, the scrolls use the memory machine to get very important memories. Marie Hill being very connected to the only person that knew Nick Fury was fake dead and Captain America would allow Soren to uh, replicate that for a, both um, her, her own death with Stelos and a fake death with um, Nick Fury. So I, it's, it seems like Soren is all over the show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm yeah. with you for so much of this, but. Where is the real Maria Hill then? Are they just keeping her body somewhere and just in one of those machines? Right. So in the trailer, we in one of the trailers, and I think both trailers, we get this huge room of like multiple people on like tables and this uh, in the skull fracking machine, fracking pods. Um, I think this huge room of all these people are all human beings being stored uh, for the scrolls to like you know pick up and scan through their memories whenever they need to. So I think mm. Rhodey. Um, uh, Rhodey, Maria Hill are both in that room. Both, both of those characters are both um, being stored in that room while the scrolls take over their personalities. So do you That's think, my wild theory. Do you, do you think that the show would, would have the balls, if it's even the right way to put this, to, bring, <laughs> to, to have two deaths that aren't actually deaths in the form of Gaia and Maria Hill? Because that seems like a little bit of jumping the shark to me. It really does, but like because the Secret Invasion comic is um, so convoluted and like it just it has so many twists and turns, like by nature, I feel like Marvel is like, all right, let's just make this a very twist and turny, misdirectiony type of show where like nothing is, you can't really take anything at face value. Um, so like I'm sort of just like, sort of like thinking of this as like from the perspective of someone that has watched all six episodes and like have seen all the twists and turns, I'm just like trying to like expect those twists and turns beforehand i don't know um uh, but like there's a there just seems to be a lot of like theming especially in the intro um around soren and like around her love of like plants in particular because like there's just one shot uh, one of my favorite shots from the very commercial intro shows um a plant go from it goes from a plant into a scroll eyeball to an eyeball of a woman and we know that Soren loved planting those squirrel sky plants exactly. around the earth. So yeah. like that, um, like I feel like that is opening up a theme of integration because plants are like these squirrel plants are integrating with the planet, much like Soren wanted to integrate with um, humanity. So like I feel like they're setting up this like this huge theme of Soren wanting to so badly integrate with humanity, not so with um Earth rather, the planet, not humanity. She hates humanity. That she wants to annihilate all of humans who um, don't treat the planet with respect yeah. um, and like they're just killing the planet and they're killing each other so she's like let's get rid of the humans they're parasites like they're terrible like they're freaking pests and we'll just take over this planet for ourselves 
we're homeless. Um, so yeah, that's what I think is happening. Sorry for the super long ramble. No, no, dude, um, I, I love it. So then the, the the next question I have here is they they make reference that they're 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 trying to target. Well, actually, let's start here. Nick Fury says, um, "I have a line on a scroll that's high up in the American government." Is he talking hmm. about Rhodey? Hmm. I think that he probably has a feeling or an inkling that Rhodey is a scroll because Rhodey did call him Nick um, during their meeting. And he says that oh, nobody calls he? him Nick. He did. And so I didn't he's probably like, that. yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so, he's probably, so he's probably very suspicious of like, yeah, all right. So this guy just fired me and he called me Nick. Mm, that's huh. probably a scroll. Huh. Um, so he's just playing it cool. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a really, that's a really, really, really good point. Because, yeah, like, I, the way that they said that, I was like, who else could it be? Like, mm-hmm. we haven't seen him interact with too many other uh, government figures in this show, at least. Um, mm-hmm. So, or, I mean, if ever, really. Um, I mean, I guess there's always, like, those holograms, right? Like, in Avengers mm-hmm. 1 and even in Winter Soldier, like, there are people he's dealing with that, like, we don't necessarily know their names or anything. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's, that is, that's pretty interesting. Do you think that there's going to be any anyone else that is like a big surprise in these next three episodes um that's a squirrel yeah um this is another wild theory uh bear with me now i'm like a wild theory man um i honestly feel that um there's a possibility that nick fury himself is a squirrel um that the real nick fury sent to deal with the secret invasion situation and the reason i think this is because of the post credit scene for Avengers Infinity War, where we see Nick Fury get snapped. Because um, he says, he tells Maria Hill to call control Code Red. In that scenario, who is control? Like, Nick Fury is the man in charge. There's no more shield. There's no person above Nick Fury. So he's the one calling the shots. So if that was supposed to be um, Nick Fury, then he would just be like, all right, I'm going to take charge here. But like, this, this to me feels like Talos and Soren telling, like he was telling Soren to call Nick Fury because some uh, Avengers level shit was happening with an alien invasion. And then he went to go call Captain Marvel. And so because of this, I feel like Nick Fury has been gone since Captain America 2. I think that um, since the Winter Soldier, when he said goodbye to um, Steve Rogers and Sam, he was like, all right, I'm peacing out. S.H.I.E.L.D. is gone. I'm probably just going to help these scrolls find a new planet because I'm no longer a director. I have a lot of more free time and in like I have made them a promise. So I'm piecing out Talos, you take over. And so Avengers 2 on has been Talos. Um mm-hmm. and, and, until the until Tony Stark's funeral. That's when he came back. He's like, "All right, I'm here. So sad Tony Stark's dead. So sorry. Um goodbye Tony." And then left again. Which is why uh, um Talos brings it up in episode 2. It's like, "Yo, your boots barely hit the ground." And then he left. Yeah. He came back for the funeral. Um, so, yeah, that's what I think is going on. So help um, me with timeline. Help me with the timeline a little bit on this one. So far from home, mm-hmm. that is Talos and Soren, right? As right. Nick Fury and Maria Hill in throughout the whole movie. Correct. And like that's revealed uh, at the end. So mm-hmm. that not being too, I mean, far from home is post blip, right? Like mm-hmm. people are back. So, yeah. There wasn't that long until wherever we are here. When did Soren right. die? I think Soren died slightly before the events of Secret Invasion. Um, I think that she got tired of Talos being weak 
and Talos not being like the strong leader that he used to be. And so she's like, you know what? I'm just going to fake my own death to make him suffer for being weak, but also I want to join Gravik's side and I don't want to hear it from both my daughter, from my daughter and my husband. So like, I'm piecing out. Um, and like, my daughter will have to decide on her own whether she joins Gravik's cause or um, her father. And so, because like, she wants to make it less of like a parent, parental choice and like just take out the bias for Gaia to choose. Um, so yeah, I think that um, Soren probably died like somewhat recently before the events of Secret Invasion, but Soren and Talos have been impersonating, um, at least Talos has been impersonating Nick Fury since Avengers 2 um, onward. Um, because mostly because of that sandwich thing, like I, because he cuts the sandwich diagonally in Avengers two. Like some people think that he cut it like the um the other way. I think that he cut it diagonally. Um, MC, I love that you line so in... much. I love that you're so <laughs> into this shit. You hold on to the goddamn sandwich theory, but you're making it work. You're making it like, work with like, this. <laughs> I I think that they would not have that line in Captain Marvel if that sandwich moment from Avengers two was not going to be significant. And so he says to Marvel that, like, I, don't, I can't eat sandwiches that are cut diagonally. So that happens in Avengers 2. So to me, um, the, the ending of Captain America 2 was a um, Nick Fury goodbye, and uh, Talos took over from there uh, because of that sandwich. Um, but that that's just sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that damn sandwich. <laughs> so, all right. So what are you, what are your kind of predictions then for the next three episodes? Like, do you think that we're kind of like about to get into like a war or is it always going to almost get there and, and then not actually happen? Cause I was on the edge of my seat with when the music started hitting in this episode and we're getting the like multiple planes of action of like them trying to get the code and like uh, getting the, the, just everything to stop and all that. It was pretty intense. Right. I thought they were going to go through with it. They didn't. Like, I thought that the, the thing <laughs> were actually going to blow up. I mean, a couple episodes ago, they did, right? The, the terrorist bombing right. happened. Um, do you right. think that they're going to continue to kind of like... Are you expecting twisted turns that, and, that get us somewhere that is like satisfying? Or do you foresee this being the same MCU thing of like, all right, cool, they're going to activate the Super Scroll things and there's going to be some Super Scrolls <laughs> and there's going to be a mediocre fight scene and that's the end. No, I think that things are going to ramp up significantly because we're, this is a Nick Fury story. Because you got to remember that Avengers 1 had a, um, one of the huge points of Avengers 1 was phase 2 of Nick Fury's plan. If the, the, mm. if the Avengers initiative failed, he had these um, bombs that were made from Tesseract from World War II that he was going to use to stop um, the Chitauri invasion. Those bombs are probably what Gravik wants from Nick Fury. Mm. Um, he wants to manipulate that information out of Nick Fury and uh, to get those bombs, but he also wants to manipulate Nick Fury to assemble the Avengers because he has the Super Skull program going on and like they're having trouble finding all these DNA samples from different parts of the world. So if you bring the Avengers down with their DNA, they can just take them and rape them and uh, make little Avengers theme scrolls to uh, avenge the destruction of Skrullops. Because like, they're all pissed at the Kree. They all want revenge on the Kree. And so like after they take over the planet, their new Skrullos will be their stage of ground to continue that war, which is sort of teased that in episode two with that uh, one Skrull who dissented, who was like, yo, you forgot how we got here in the first place. We were too willing to wage war, and it seems like you are too willing to wage war with the humans and with the, the Kree after um, you beat the humans. So, um, yeah, I feel like they want the, the like, uh, what's it called? Fake Rhodey was trying to get Nick Fury to assemble the Avengers so that they could take the Avengers DNA to make like little Hulk 
Spider-Man yeah. different themed Super Scrolls. Because why not? Like, take your enemies' powers and use them against them to take over the world. Totally. Um, and it, it does seem like they're building to that, at least narratively. Like, I don't know if we're actually going to see. I don't expect to see many Avengers uh, in the rest of the show. But um, mm. they did reference it even in this episode when they were talking about the wars and, like, what a World War Three mm. would look like in a world with right. heroes. You know, and, and saying, like, the heroes right. are going to come. But there's going to be so much infighting that it's just not even going right. to matter. And I, I, I love Talos kind of his take on it, which was just like, hey, man, scrolls aren't all the same. Like, you're a bad right. one. I'm a good one. And humanity will see that. It, it, that's like, it's hard to believe, but like to see that he really, you believe that he believes it. And I think that every, right. uh, every single piece of dialogue that he's had with Nick Fury over the last couple of episodes all builds into that, that he believes in humanity and he believes in Nick Fury to be right. somebody that is looking to protect humanity. But there is that, fear that we all understand of like it's so easy to use this mis uh, information to incite violence and start riots and start a war and where do the heroes fit into this especially when there isn't uh, avengers at this current point in time right yeah no i'm really curious to see how like the heroes follow fall into um the rest of the narrative and if you see any like surprise avengers yeah. like pop up like by the end of like um the series that'd be super dope to see like like some surprise cameos. Yeah, because I mean, like, so TV far shows. we've got, you know, War Machine, which is awesome. And we got mm -hmm. um, uh, Everett Ross, not a, not a hero, but like, you know, bigger, bigger talent. What do you mean? He founded the Avengers. You, you're <laughs> speaking slander. <laughs> uh, but then you, you keep going through and it's like, I, I expect that we're going to see uh, Val still. Do, right. you, do you think we will? Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like Secret Invasion is meant to set up Captain America 4 in a huge way because, like, this is a, a narrative sort of, like, reflecting, like, the refugee narratives that we've seen in real, in real life. So, like, this xenophobia is going to form hardcore around MCU Earth. And this is when President Ross, Mr. Hater, Master General, who hates everyone that um, is, like, remotely a threat, he's like, I'm president now in Captain America 4, and everyone that isn't human, regular human, is bad. So yeah. we're going to start hunting scrolls. we're going to start hunting superhumans, we're just going to start hunting everybody. Um, so, so actually, like, I was talking about yeah. Everett Ross. Oh, my right? bad. I keep, so, mix, I keep mixing the Rosses. Yeah, no, no, um, but I mean, you bringing up Thunderbolt Ross, I... I think, and th this is just like, I'm not going to be mad at the show if it doesn't happen. I think we get Harrison Ford in Secret Invasion. Oh, my God. That would be incredible. I, I honestly feel like that is very, very likely, considering that there is this huge presidential thing that's supposed to happen in the show mm -hmm. with the motorcade. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I would love to see Harrison Ford grumpily come on set and be like, all right, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. This is a Marvel thing. Let's I'm Thunderbolt Ross now. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> they told me to say these lines. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I would love to see Harrison Ford. That would be amazing. Because, like, we have... He's not currently president. Do we know who the president is right now? It's president Ritson. He was in episode two with Brody when Rose yes. snitches on Fury. So we see him die, right, in the show? Like, I imagine that this is going to yeah. be the show that creates the opening for Thunderbolt Ross to become president, right? Correct. Yeah, like, the, there's going to be a huge event that Gravik probably orchestrates to trigger World War III that ends in the death of the president. Mm -hmm. And um, that's not going to be good. <laughs> for world uh, st stabilization um so yeah it's gonna be i think that's gonna be like the big like probably episode four moment that's just like oh shit you think that's next episode is... oh yeah i feel like it has to happen very very soon 
um, because like these these scrolls are like making these terrorist attacks left and right, trying to escalate World War Three as soon as possible. And because I, I feel like they really just want to escalate, they really want to get their home in their own skin immediately, like super super fast. Yeah. Um, and so, like World War Three is not very hard to trigger. Um, I mean, you, they're on the way the to right it things. already, right? Like, yeah, it's like yeah. they definitely like put the put it all in motion. So, yeah, man, right. What? MT? Uh, but like, I also have like, oh, sorry. I, we'll go, go what's theory. your final thing? Go for it. I have a weird feeling that um, Soren probably wants to trigger World War Three to activate all these plants that she hid around the Earth because, like, these that um, Santo plant. Exactly. Looks a lot like Ego. That's literally just about what I was about to say. Um, it looks a lot like Ego's plant. So, like, we know that, like, those plants with the right amount of, like, energy source can sort of balloon into, like, a terraforming type of situation. So I feel like the nuclear radiation from World War III could trigger all these plants to sort of terraform in a very similar way to create a new Skrullos that is specifically tailored for the squirrels to like enjoy their favorite foods like a, a beta was in the car um all around the whole planet because like earth food isn't squirrel food at the end of the day um so that's my wild theory for why um they want to trigger world war three um it's for that radiation to because we sort of see it in the intro a weird gas sort of like going over the white house it's just like i feel like that's sort of what yeah. they're going for anyway that's just me dude I love you so much, man. Love talking about love all things Marvel and just everything in general. Uh, where can people find you? Yo, you guys, please subscribe to New Rockstars. That's where I'm at the most, um, just making uh, weird videos. But also, at Mastertainment on Twitter um, is where I'm at, making all of my weird theories. I tweet a lot about Marvel. Uh, so if you guys like, like to see weird theories there, um, especially the Marvel trigger theory, it's all there. <laughs> Good stuff, everybody. Definitely go follow him. Go check out New Rockstars, all that stuff. And stay tuned here. It's a kind of funny. We are planning to do this each and every week. I don't know who exactly is joining me next week, but it's going to be a good time, and you're going to want to come back to find out. But until next time, yes. I love you all. Goodbye. Peace out. Ooh, the gas. <laughs> there it Breathe is. Breathe it in. <laughs> mm -hmm.